it was that serious. Like a teacher would call your parents if they saw you with a black dude at school. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But there was a select few of us that was just gonna take the risk anyway. What's going on, podcast? Welcome to another edition of the Luke Bailey Podcast. On this episode, we sit down with Heath McCray. He is a football coach at Montgomery Catholic, played football with Luke at Huntington, and we talk about racism and everything that's going on in our society right now and how we can get through it in a better way. So what So what were you doing overseas? You know, I had went over to uh, France uh, with Dawson, you know. Um, yeah. We were playing ball over there, and we were located in a little city called Pia. And, you know, it was a small team, you know. Um, they gave us a chance to play with uh, three international guys. It was me, Dawson, and a guy from Denmark. And, you know, they expected us to do a whole lot. So, it was fun, you know, and, you know, yeah. getting to teach these guys a lot about football because, you know, over there they were big. You know, they were strong. They were fast. But they weren't didn't have all the, you know, the technical – Stuff that we had the ability to learn about eight nine years old, you know. So yeah. Um. So you were more like a player coach type deal. So it was it. You know, I enjoyed it. Played a little good. Played some football. Got to hit some people a little bit more. Yeah. Got a little, couple more concussions. Ain't nothing to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's just add them to the list. But uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, the uh, because I I know what what was what's kind of like the uh the pay and all, and, and all that stuff. Cause I mean, it, it's considered professional football over there. Yeah. Right? It's professional. Yeah. It's professional football. Um, like overseas, they have three different levels. They have division. It's just, it's more set up like the NCAA more than anything else. Okay. What you can compare to have three different levels, uh, D1, D2 and D3. So D1 is the higher levels they have, you know, they have them in most countries, but you know, German football league and, most people don't realize, but Finland has a really good league, and France has a really big league, and uh, Mexico's growing. So it just depends on what division you're playing at. Division three guys usually don't get paid at all, and yeah. you start getting paid division two, and do obviously division one guys make the most money. Uh, you get usually get paid a stipend um, every month. Um, they pay for everything. You know, they give you a car, your house, um, gas money. You know, they, they actually do a few things here and there. Like, we were required to go to a, an English school that they were they called it called World School, and we yeah. would teach the kids about American football and, you okay. know, teach them how to play the game. And it always ended up being, you know, us playing something that they've learned or, you know, a couple <laughs> of the kids just being a whole lot better and not getting yeah. funny. So, you know, it, it was fun. You know, we really enjoyed it, you know, uh, helping those kids learn English, you know, on the fly. You know, yeah. that little – like, that was really fun. So – as long as you just do that little things that they were asked you to do, then, man, everything's gravy. I mean, they pay for everything. It's ridiculous. Man, that's – I mean, it don't sound bad, that's for sure. It don't yeah. sound bad, but – When it know, comes to sports even, over there, I mean, are they more in touch with uh, – keep up more with NFL or NCAA? Like, when you go down there, are they saying go, oh, yeah, go pads or roll tide? Man, they're all they're all packed. Man, you'd be crazy. It's crazy to think about it, man. But all those people over there are some big, huge New England fans. For some reason, they, they love Tom Brady. 
Yeah, like everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, Brady uh, jerseys, man. It was wild to me. It's cool. Like, it's, not, um, it's not like in the 90s, everybody was talking about Michael Jordan, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like that. That was Tom Brady was that for them over there in football. But the big sport over there was rugby, man. And I'm telling because the professional team in Perpignan, which is probably a 10 minute drive from where we, the little village we were in. And I'm talking about their professional rugby team was. And they won the French National League champions or something like that. And they were like, they were like, they were they were the real deal, man. They were for real. And so rugby was really big, man. Every town in the area had a, a rugby team. Like just the people in that town played for this rugby team and they would all play each other. And it was all real teams. And they weren't playing for money. They weren't doing it for any fame. It was just they were just out there playing rugby. And I'm talking about really, really playing rugby. Yeah. Like the men running on the field every five minutes, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they were really big in the rugby. Then it was came to football. They were all really, really interested in the football. I would have thought it was soccer. No, nah, man, you know, they, they're really into soccer, but not really big for some odd reason. I mean, I've never heard of the French team being really, really good or nothing like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's people playing soccer and stuff quite a bit. But, you know, you see more people carrying around a rugby ball. Yeah. Really surprising. I ain't never watched rugby before. Yeah. So, you know, me and you went went to school together down at Huntington College. Uh, uh-huh. how, how did you end up at Huntington College? Man, that is a wild, wild story. So, I ended up going to Mary Military Institute first. And before this goes any further, you know I was wild. <laughs> you know, and so, and so I ended up going to Mary Military Institute first. And um, I got in a little bit of trouble there. So... When I got home, my grandmother said, I don't know where you're going, but when January get here, you better be out of my house. So, there <laughs> was <laughs> no option, man. So, I ended up finding honey, never visited, never heard of it for the most part until I just looked, found it online somewhere, man. I applied and I got in. And the first day I stepped on campus was the first day I'd ever seen any college before. Didn't even know they had a football team. Yeah. Nothing. So I'm working out one day in the hawk's nest. And so it was so bad, Luke, that I lived in Cersei. When I was in Cersei, I lived on the hall facing the dining hall. Yes. I never, ever, ever went out the front door and didn't ever see the football field because I came in the back way. I never left the building because it was a spring semester and there was only probably like 10 people in the whole campus. So I never left the building, didn't even see the football field. I just walked (laughs) to the Hawks Nest to the dining hall, didn't even see it. So I'm working out in the Hawks Nest, and Coach Shook walks by. He was like, hey, man, what's your name? Tell him my name. Hey, I'm Heath McCray. He's like, you playing football? I said, y'all got a football team? He was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, yeah, yeah, we got workouts at 3.30. So, you know, 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 at this time, I'm probably about 220, 225. But I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of swollen, man. So he looked, that's why he's doing this. I'm like, all right. So he, I asked him, I said, where's the football field? He said, come on. Walks me up. Points me. He didn't even take me up far. He just pointed me in a direction. He said, just walk down the street right there to the left. I said, okay. That, I showed up at 3.30. Like yeah. Man, listen, show up at 3.30, man, and everybody's looking at me all crazy. Do your push to the side. He gets my information, gets my name, make sure I got insurance and all that. And it was on from there. Yeah, and that was. So was it that was, in? Was it? Would that? Would that be the spring semester of 2013? Then? No, that was the spring semester of 2012. 
2012. Okay. Yes. And so, I, I, I didn't play football the first year. Okay. I didn't play football at all. I instead, I took a, I didn't go to school the fall semester. I worked all summer long. <clears throat> and just because I, I had to pay for everything on my own. Yeah. You know, so it, bought, it came down to me having to work instead of being able to play football that first year. And so next spring semester came around, and I started back in 2013, and that's when I just kept going forward. Man, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I knew some of that story, but, you could, you know, I didn't, I didn't know all the details and everything, but that's pretty neat. You, you have <laughs> the Black Lives Matter movement. You have a social justice. You have uh, the coronavirus. I mean, it seems like this year has just been uh, one thing after another. Um, but – you know, one thing that I that I kind of wanted to talk with you about it and, and share with our listeners and the people on this podcast um, is, is a little bit about, I think, the – or it's, it's kind of a question that gets brought up um, but not talked about a lot, and that is, you know, how can we solve a lot of these issues, um, especially looking at um, the race, racial issues that are going on. And uh, one thing that – um, I wanted to kind of talk to you about, you know, to kind of start with is, um, I mean, we're in Montgomery, Alabama. When you know, Huntington College is in Montgomery, Alabama, and we had, you know, we got black guys, white guys, Hispanic people on the on, on the team. Uh, with, there, there was a few other ethnicities I, I couldn't even pronounce probably, and uh, but what what do you think is is a difference between how come we could come together as a team, but even communities and cities can't even come together? Man, I I really think it comes down to everybody's got to come and go, and I think yeah. that that right there, man. It if any if you can help me reach my goal, I don't care what you look like. Yeah, I really think that that's really what it boils down to. And over time, that I don't care what you look like turns into a really good friendship. And next thing you know, you're loving the person of the different color and you're dependent on the person of a different color. So, I mean, that's just what happens. You're all brought together by the same thing. Whether it's you're trying to win a football game or you're trying to finish the workout or you're trying to get somewhere on time or you're trying to please the same coach. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. everybody's trying to do the same thing every single day for four years straight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and especially in a position group, and those guys definitely become your brothers. You know, for the most part, most of those guys become guys that are in your wedding. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and they're you never know what color those guys are gonna be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, some of my it, best some of my best friends still to this day are white guys that I met playing football at Hunter Cotton. Yeah, and it's just what happened. It, you know, I think, which, you know, I, I, I think it's pretty cool. You look at colleges everywhere. I mean, normally when people come in and play college sports, they're coming from all different types of backgrounds, all different kinds of, of lives. I mean, you got, I mean, in, in high school, normally certain high schools kind of are around the similar type people, if that makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. now, it's not that case everywhere, but uh, – Especially in like the smaller schools in Alabama, I know um, yeah. you, you have about the same type of people at at, at these schools. Uh, but 
you know, I, I think for me, I'll kind of add on this. Um, it was, it was very, I mean, educational. <laughs> if, I mean, like, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to grow. Uh, people want to talk about being cultured and, and things like that. I mean, I think putting yourselves in that situation, that uncomfortable growth of brotherhood and, and, and things like that, you look past a lot of things, you know, because uh, cause I, I can tell you that, you know, they talk about, uh, like I've heard people talk about things that, uh, that are with on teams that people were racist and they, and they, and they did certain things. And one of them was, you know, well, I, I can tell you for me, I didn't, I didn't care what color the, the person was beside me. I just knew they had the same color jersey on. And, exactly. And, and, you know, and it, 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 no other color mattered. And so um, I think it, it ties in a lot to what you said, but we all did have that common goal, and that's something that we were pushing toward. Sports is something that you just – it just builds something in everybody, man. You know, and regardless if you're black, white, green, yellow, purple, regardless of what sport you're playing, man, it's it changes you a whole lot. Yeah. And football, you're definitely dependent on the guy that's beside you. Whether you're a quarterback, you're depending on the, the black guy that's snapping you the ball. If you're the run, white, black running back, you're depending on the, the white, right guard to help you block. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah. the block. So it's it changes you. You know what I'm saying? You got to depend on everybody that's around you, regardless of what color they are. Yeah, and, you know, I think this is kind of taking it a, in, a, in another way, but I think a lot of it is because when when you look at the D line or you look at the offensive line, it wasn't a um, it wasn't that you were looking to say, oh, you know, well, he's a black defensive lineman. Oh, he's a he's a white defensive lineman. You know what I mean? It, there there was no difference there um, when you're comparing as far as the importance, if that makes sense. Um, oh, you, would, you, you wouldn't look at it that way. But I think that's kind of what our society tries to do sometimes. If that, you know, when, it, when it's job hunting or when it's doing things of um, even recreation, uh, it, it, they kind of separate it from the beginning, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's being on this side of things, man, like, I was raised in a town of about a thousand people, brother, yeah. and it had people of all types of background. You know, you had the, the white guys who didn't like black people. You had the white guys who were cool with the black people. You had the white people who was didn't just kick it with the black people all the time, but they weren't bad people. And yeah. you had the black people who didn't like white people. We had those two too. You know what I'm saying? Like we really yeah. had we had Mexican people. It, people from everywhere, man, and it was in a small town of a thousand people. So, like for me, like none of this—it's wild to me. Even when I came out of high school and I got left um, Asheville, Alabama, man, and even when I left out of Marion, when I got to Montgomery, it was all of this was a complete shell shock to me because I wasn't raised in that type of environment. Like, yeah, I knew it was happening, but it wasn't happening on the scale that it is now, you know. So, like, exactly. and when I got to Montgomery with so many people. And seeing that there's really this many people that are out here like this, like it was a huge shock to me. And you know, and I'm 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 27, and for, and I moved to Montgomery when I was 20 years old. And at 20 years old, I 
my outlook on life had to start changing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like the whole movement now. Like, I didn't have no fear of ever being stopped by the police when I was 18 years old. Because the police in my time was a, a white guy and a black guy. And I knew them both. And they were both cool. <laughs> they didn't have no biases in there. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They were really good guys. So when I got to Montgomery and stuff, from the first time that it happened to me, and it happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt some kind of way. Like, I feel like this guy ain't like the police in my town. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't have, like, no, this is because of the color of my skin, nothing like that. So, like, you know, like, with the whole movement, like, I think they they need to take in the idea that it's not happening for everybody on a big, huge scale. You know what I'm saying? At yeah. all times. It's not saying that it's not happening. Because it definitely, you know, the bias is not just saying with police and, like you said, with jobs and being with recreation and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um... I can't say that it's like it's happened to me. You know, I I remember quite a few times and with a white woman, so it happened to me quite happened to us quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? So it's I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little side to side on the whole Black Lives Matter movement, man, because I I love being black. I love everything about being black. You know what I'm saying? And but at the same time. I have to raise a son, two sons. Yeah. Had to know that, all right, you can't act like your white cousins, but at the same time, you're no different from them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. And I had to think about, hey, my white woman, I care about her life just as much as I care about mine. I, I put my black life in front of hers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, it's, a, it's an odd stance. Like, I don't know. And a lot of people don't, I'm going to get deep now. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but my dad went to prison for murder, okay, of a white woman. And in my hometown, that was a big no-no type deal. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I, I, was 12, I was 12 years old at this time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it – I don't know. You'd think, like, uh, I'd be biased towards white people or something like that, but I, I don't think I ever could be. You know, the way I was treated growing up because of that situation, yeah, it was, it was tough, it was rough. But I don't know, man, the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't know, it hits, I guess it kind of hits you a little different when you're a black male with a white woman with a mixed child who best friends are white guys. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it does. And, uh, you know, when... That's, know. A story for, that's a story, and the crazy thing is, that's a story for a lot of a lot of black guys in America right now. You know, even if they're with a white woman, you know, yeah. me or a black woman. So like, that's a story for a lot of black guys. Like, dang man, I'm so for this whole Black Lives Matter movement, but whoa, yeah. What about Luke Bailey? That's my dog. Well, well, you know, for me, and I, you know, and and I'm 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 pretty honest and blunt because you know I I don't I don't I, don't, I mean I know everybody. Coleman has a stigma about, you know, a bunch of racist people up here and, 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 and things like that. And what what's funny is, is when you actually have a conversation with some of the people up here, you find out they're not really racist. They're just, they don't understand uh, the cultures and, and, and things like that. And, you know, and I'm not saying that I do, but, but I know for, for me, I, I 100% agree that black lives matter. And, 
but but as far as a statement and you know and 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 going towards that is uh, the the part where that's kind of I think it, I think so we got politicians and people that try to use Black Lives Matter as a political movement to gain votes because you only hear about it once every four years. You know what I mean? It, and and it's and it's so obvious, man, because like it's. If that means almost every commercial now you see, even on news and stuff like that, man, you see these these companies are even doing it, you know, and then they're donating such and such amount of money to whatever to Joe Biden to the Democratic Party or the Republican <laughs> Party, but even their Black Lives Matter this for the commercials and stuff like that. And now you see like Nancy Pelosi, and they were taking a knee with the doggone scarf on and stuff like that. Like, come on now. Like, if you're for it, please stand up and do it. But, like, being all extra and stuff like that, just for political attention, think you, that's going to get you extra. That's not going to do it. Hey, it, it, it's like our sandwich. I'm going to send you a hat. We, we got our hats in now, and it, uh, it's hashtag don't talk about it, be about it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah. I, I know you've heard that statement a few times from Coach Goodyear yeah. and stuff, but uh, that's uh, – that, I think there's a lot of talking and not a lot of doing. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, I mean, but that's that way. It's always that way about every subject when it comes down to politics. Though. Yeah. It's it always a lot of talking and not a lot of doing. So, I mean, why do people think this is going to be any different? Yeah. Hey, you said, uh, I got two questions for you. One of them is based on something you said and the other one is based on you being a coach and how we talked about how, you know, finding a common goal to grow, you know, that, you know, on a team, everybody has a common goal. Mm-hmm. But back to the first thing you said, you said, you know, you have two sons that you're raising that have white cousins, but you're going to, you know, you're going to tell them you can't act like them, even though there's nothing different. What do you mean by that? You know, cause is that, cause you know, I feel I'm Mexican and I'm not wearing the cowboy hat, the silk shirts, <laughs> the pointy boots, you know, you know, people, I think people would, and even my cousins say, like, dude, you're so white. Is it because you don't want, like, their black cousins to be like, dude, you're so white? Or, like, that's what I understand. No, when I say act like them, I mean, like, behavior. Gotcha. Okay. That's all. I mean, I'm talking about behavior. They can't act. They can't behave the same in the same manner that they can. Gotcha. And get away with it the same way that they will. That's all. Gotcha. Hey. However they want to. I don't care about that. Where yeah. they want <laughs> gotcha. That was my misunderstanding. And second, you know, you being a football coach, I'm sure sometimes you got some players that haven't bought into the system. You know, they're they're there maybe for a different goal. And I think that's what you you know, I think that's what America is really doing. You know, you got one political party that says, you know, this is our goal. You got a different political party says this is our goal, and then they're using both. You know, they're I think they're using people to try to get that goal, and that's why we see so much separation. Mm-hmm. You know, as a coach, you know what you know what do you, what idea, or do you think we can come back together to a central goal as a country, or maybe in our communities? You know, I'm sure there's some dividing this community where we're at, definitely in Montgomery where you're at. You know, what's a common goal do you think that we can bring in our communities to work together <laughs> for a better future for our kids? I mean, as much, I mean, I don't think there will ever be a common goal 
amongst uh, communities and society. I mean, I really don't. There's too many differences and there's way too many people to ever have the same mindset, never think it's that. There may be, there may be five million people right here that want the same thing, but there, here's five, two, here's five million more that definitely don't. Yeah. And then there's five million to, uh, over, over here that don't know. I mean, that's the situation that we deal with every day. Yeah. That's exactly what we deal with now. Yeah. Especially when it comes down to politics. And it's always going to be that way. You know, and as a football coach, like, all I can do is take that and make the best of it. I love the fact that I have four, four – I have four defensive linemen and they're all four different types of players. I don't want robots. Mm. That's what's going to make us great. Yeah. And – in society, you're going to have to need different mindsets and different thinking processes to get it right. Yeah. Kind of kind of like that friction between people to try yeah. to make us be better. Yeah. That iron sharpens iron mentality, yeah. Exactly. I got – I get that. I, I'm just uh, an optimistic person, and I, and I want to believe, and I want to be, – you know, and I want to see it one day where, you know, we're all working together in our community for a better – future whether that and and I don't know what that is you know maybe it's you know and, and I really don't know it's kind of like a whole school comes together think about it like this in the state of Alabama everybody comes together on one or two sides every yeah. last weekend of November mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I think it makes both of us better you know I think it makes both organizations better obviously you know it gives pride to both of them but yeah, I guess you know, being the optimistic person I am, I want to find that, you know, for us. Even though he's a white dude, I'm a Mexican. You're a black guy, but I'm sure there's something that we can all come together one day. And I mean, like, with obviously with football, you know, it's on a smaller scale, you know. So obviously, everyone's gonna have the same common goal. That's why you join a team. But in society, everybody's not on the same team. Yeah, every everyone is not agreeing. So it's kind of it's 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 kind of hard to relate it to football in that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, we'll kind of move on. I kind of well, I mean, still staying on the same subject, but um, bringing it more so to what um, you know. I think one of the problems. You know, especially, and we see this in politics all the time, but getting more down to like personal levels, I, I think, you know, a problem is we have a lot of how, I'm, I'm trying to think how to phrase it. Uh, there's a lot of issues with our systems that are in place in America, where the, whether it's our, um, healthcare systems, whether it's our um, unemployments, uh, things like that. I think um, there, there's always issues in which anything man-made is going to have problems. But when we're looking at kind of what it does to certain cultures, because, um, you know, you were raised in a different culture than I was raised in. And, yeah. um, but, but, you know, and, and Cesar is the same way. And I think, you know, so we got really about three different views here on, on cultures and upbringing and things like that. 
we have a lot of history in our country of separating people out. And, and I think we see that, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's very prevalent in Montgomery. Um, when, when you look, there's not a lot of, I mean, I, people joke, you know, with me about living in Coleman and things like that. And I said, I honestly think Montgomery is one of the most racist places I've ever been, uh, because everything's segregated, everything. everything. And I mean, you have, yeah, you, you have, uh, a black community and then you have a white community, you know, and, 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 and there's going to be some that, you know, there's going to be some white people in the black community and some, uh, but vice versa but it's per, it, you have certain areas you know what i mean and um i think our government and things like that has allowed that to happen i mean i, I think it's i think they wanted it that way man yeah i mean really what i mean what's 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 keeping our government what's keeping these parties going man democratic republican What's really keep it? Like the parties just keep going because there's always two people going to be nodding heads. And if yeah. they can keep them doing that as much as possible, then it'll be good. So what was the best way to do that? Keep them segregated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't, don't solve all the talking points for each election, but bring them back up every four years, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, you know, I mean. That's why nothing ever changes. It's always the same thing. When Barack Obama was becoming going to become a president, was going to become president in way, it was the same subject. Oh, going to be some change for black people, yada, yada, yada. Not much change. Yeah. He went eight years, not much change. Yeah. All the black people I know when he was in 08, or still, mostly of them are still in the same position they are now, and it's Trump and president. So not much has changed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and every four years, like you said, the same conversation is going to come up. Yeah. It's all, it has to come up. Yeah. But I think it's also, I think it's sorry for our country to be in that state, but they're, it, they're going to, but I think it's, I mean, they're trying, you know, we're looking at emotional votes. You know what I mean? They're trying to get that, stir up people's emotions. And we, we, we had a, an, an episode where we talked about emotions and how emotions can just destroy you. I know that, that was a big thing that Goodyear always talked about uh, was, was how you can't make decisions off of emotion, but you've got to make your decisions based off your purpose. And I think we lose that a lot in this country and especially our leaders. And, um, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of things that we, that we can get into, you know, Politically, we'll probably save that one for another episode. But, uh, but, but I'm with you. You know, I I don't think they they want to make a fix. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope there's a change. Yeah. I mean, because what a lot of people like you say you were like in Coleman, you probably didn't know. You know, you probably didn't understand what it meant to what a black man was going through on a hard day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until yeah, you yeah. got to 100. You know, and see, you hear your stories from your teammates or, you know, just the way they were raised and stuff like that. And there's got to be a change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because when people, yeah, when I'm, when I get, yeah, I've been stopped by the police. Yeah, I've sped before. But when I get stopped by the police, I know I ain't, and I was speeding. I, all I know is I'm about to get a speeding ticket, but I shouldn't always be scared. You know what I'm saying? When I, there'll be times where I'm not speeding, I'm driving down the road. If a police get behind me, Man, like, 
my leg is shaking so bad that I can barely keep speed. Yeah. I shouldn't feel like that because of police. That's wild. You know what I'm saying? And like, and not even just police, like when there have been times, like my name is Heath, okay? That is not a black guy's normal black guy's name. People <laughs> tell me all the time. When I see when people see me, they be like, "What's your name?" I say, "Heath." They be like, "Heath." They be like, "Heath." I'm like, "Yes, Heath." And, and it's not. Just, I'm talking about black people do that. White people do that. All everybody does that. So they're like, "You don't look like a Heath." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Trust me." <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a time, man. I went for an interview, and I'm you know I met all the requirements that they wanted, and I you know I had everything. So when I got to the interview, I, I'm talking about I banged the interview, dude. It was great. Great interview. Then afterwards, asked me to be a janitor. Mm. And they said that I didn't meet all the requirements. Yeah. They said that I didn't have any sales experience. But the job that I was working at and literally left that job to come interview for that job was a sales position job. Yeah, and the person they came into was a white girl that was about eighteen years old who had just graduated high school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now that that definitely happens. I I, I know it does. You know, um, and it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's and it's not just jobs, man. Like you'd be surprised at some of the stuff that happens to a black man on a daily basis. Yeah. Just going to a restaurant, man, the way you get looked at. It's just like, you, you, what are you doing? You're supposed to be eating here. <laughs> and I mean, it's Montgomery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, if I go eat on the east side of town at lunchtime, what you doing here? <laughs> at certain restaurants. Not, not saying it's the restaurant, but the, the people that's in the restaurant. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, I don't know, man. It's... It's wild every day, <laughs> like for real. Yeah, and I, you know, and I can't sit here and say I understand or I or I yeah. know what it's like because because I don't. Well, you know, which which I can. I mean, I can kind of flip it around. You know, I've I've been in into some neighborhoods and stuff, and uh, and 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 some people have been outside, and they and, and they look over at me like, "What are you doing here?" You know what I mean? And and uh, and you know, and they kind of go the same the same way, but I think on your, you know, but that has nothing compared to, I think what goes on in your examples, uh, because people, I mean, and, and that's 100%, I think a personal thing that people personally have to make a decision for, uh, no government, no laws, no, you know, the good Lord's about the only thing that can, that can save them. You know what I mean? From, uh, from the way that they think. And, you know, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with how they were raised. Oh, I mean, it's just, it goes from generation to generation, man. And at some point, somebody in a generation has to break it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I get what you're saying too, but sometimes I wonder, you know, being, cause I, I get you know we are a minority Hispanics in Coleman, yeah. and and you might sim you know you might empathize sim whatever you might empathize with what I'm saying, but you know sometimes I'll be at a place 
and someone will be giving me a look. And first thing that comes into my head is, is it because I'm Mexican? And I think it's more in our heads than it is theirs because my wife, she's been around the Hispanic community now. She's a white girl too. And someone might give her a look and she goes, is it because I'm white you think? And then something clicked into my head. It's like a lot of times maybe the problem is in our head. Maybe that part, you know, cause sometimes it's like I tell her, sometimes I go and I'm around a large Hispanic community and someone gives me a bad look. I automatically know, well, it's not cause I'm Mexican. Cause so is he, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then there's this one time where someone was giving me a bad look and that was just their face. They actually recognized me from somewhere and wanted to come and, you know, say that they saw me play sports and things like that. But I would, you know, it was on that episode of talking about feelings. I was already in my feelings getting mad while somebody was looking at me like that, you know, but, you know, and I'm not saying that, it, you know, not trying to minimize what you say or anything like that. But now I try to look at it through a lens. You know, it, it is the first question that comes to my mind. Is it because I'm Mexican? See, yeah. but the thing, the thing for me usually is, man, it's when you walk into a place full of white people yeah. and you're black. If you were just another person walking in there, nobody. If there was another white person walking in like they normally do behind me or something like that, why is everybody's eyes on me? Yeah. Yeah. Now the person that just walked in the door, just like I did. Well, you know, if it's not everybody, why are those? And it's and it's not. It's and the crazy thing, it's not. It's usually old people. That's really it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Usually the older people, man. Like really, and you know, they're just like look. And then at one, and it's like at that point, it's like, all right, why is this person still staring at me? All right, I don't have nothing funny on. I haven't done anything out in the ordinary. Yeah. I'm just a person here standing in line. Yeah. So what reason does this person have to stare, uh, stare at me other than the color of my skin? Uh, I, everybody, else, everybody else has, everybody else has looked and turned their head. Everybody else has gone about their business. But why are these one or two people still staring at me? I haven't given them a reason to. It's, yeah. it's, it's boy, and you say yeah, it's in our heads, but. At what point does it become like, okay, yeah, that's why they're doing it? You can't you always yeah. say, no, oh, it's me. You can't always no, no, do that. No, yeah. no, I'm I'm with you 100. I was more saying that so people could understand what it's like. You know, it's kind of yeah. like if Luke goes into an all black neighborhood and someone's gonna get the funny look too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gonna get, he's gonna get the funny look too. And yeah. Luke. He's, and just like me, I've been around white guys and Luke's been around black guys. He'll know the difference in the look. He'll yeah, understand yeah, yeah, the difference yeah. in the look. Yeah. It, you know, it, I, one thing, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but, but for people that, that don't know you and they, um, you know, you – when 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 I had to think of people of like how to describe you, there's only two words that come to mind, and that would be Terry Crews. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but but uh, you know, but I can under you know I can understand, especially in 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 your situation. You know, older people people that all they do is they look at 
they, they watch the news, but they, they don't know any black people. They, they just watch the news and all they see is, yeah, and is, is, is just hatred and violence and everything. And the next thing you know, you know, you walk into Walmart down there in, in Montgomery and the lady checking out her cart, you know, stares you down because, I mean, you're, you're a pretty large black guy. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's, that is, that's their fault, if, if that makes sense. See, but my thing is, like, it doesn't bother me because you're not going to do anything to physically harm me. I don't care if you don't like me or not. I'll go out of my way to be nice to you just, just <laughs> because I can. You know what I'm saying? Like, so stuff doesn't bother me as much, but I know it's just that's just me. And there's me and other black people out in this world that it does bother. And they get worse than just looks. Yeah. 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 And you know, and I and I think there there's a there's a fine line though. I mean, they, you you don't any it, it don't matter who it is if if you try to put down anybody. I don't care white, black, you know, purple. It, you know, it don't matter. Just I mean, anytime you ever put anybody down, there's that it's wrong. I don't I don't care who it is. Yeah, and from for me, man, it was. I I don't know what happened. I don't. I guess you could say it for me it was hundred and two man. But I you know I was the big scary black guy. Everybody I was angry all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like that was me, man. Everybody that's who everybody knew me as. And like I don't know, man. I guess it was like by this by my junior year or something like that. It was I don't know, man. He just kind of looked at life different. Looked at people different. You know what I'm saying? So it changed me as a person. Yeah, and and I. I was there for that. You know, I kind of, I remember. Uh, you, saw that. you saw the whole transition. Bro. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw the guy that used to blow up, you know, in, in a, in a workout and just yell at people for no reason, just to be yelling at them. And, uh, but then, you know, I also saw the leader, you know, that, that you were, I mean, you were always a leader on the team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the people always followed you and, uh, and you, you had that influence. And I think, you know, it, it, it's like you said, it's like something clicked and, and you were bettering everybody around you. It wasn't just bettering yourself. You, you, I mean, I, I can think of countless times and, and, and stuff. I mean, shoot, even my, even my dad knows who you are from the guy that used to yell on the sidelines and like, like get people fired up for a reason, you know, it, it wasn't just, you know, you weren't bashing anybody. It was getting them fired up, calling them out when they did something wrong. But like you, you were there. And, and I think that's kind of, uh, that, that says a lot about you, but, um, I, I think it, it proves that the current situations we're in does not define who we are. It does not. It definitely does not. And is, I tell people this all the time, man, you don't know what's going to happen to you five years from now. You don't know who you're going to be five, ten years from now. What's going on for you right now is just a stepping stone. Yeah. There's so, either. What changed? Back. What caused that change? What? Well, when was that? You know, light bulb moment for you that? You know, I don't. I don't know the story. Don't know you before. Yeah. But apparently, you used to use to bust some heads. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, you were. You were hugging some hearts. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess it was just kind of like a, a, just like a light bulb, man. So I could turn it off and turn it on, and then, at one day, I just turned it off, and it stopped coming on. 
it wasn't, you know, there wasn't just one big thing. It was just so much was just so good. What is there to be mad about? Yeah. What happened? Coach Goodyear used to say it all the time, man. I mean, Coach Wilkie used to say it all the time. Worry about what you got to do today. We worry about tomorrow when it gets here. Yeah. Win the day. I say that all. I say that all the time. When I'm talking, I tell my guys that me and my lady get into it or something like that. I'm like, baby, let's just win the day. We'll worry about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she hates what I say. Hey, I'm gonna start using that when we get arguments. <laughs> I gotta start saying, why would I spend so much time being angry? Yeah. yeah, I love everybody. I really can. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And like, people see me, and you know, I'm, I'm bald and big, got a little beard. Oh, this dude looks rough. Then I start talking to him and I'm joking. I'm really nice and I'm caring. I'm helping them carry stuff. I'm helping them doing stuff, and they're they're just blown away. I'm like, yeah, that's me. It's black people like that now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but for me, it was like. Dang, I still think about it now. Like, gosh, I'm the person I used to be. Is it's wild. And now I de- I have a son. I'm about to have another one on Monday, and I definitely can never be that like that again. Do you think it's, it's not about me? That's what the biggest thing was. It's not about me. And I think if everybody had that mindset, maybe that issue of racism could be fixed. Yeah, I feel like racism comes from an insecure. I feel attacked place and instead of trying to help your brother, you know, who's a different color, you know, tell yourself, Hey man, it's not about me. And if you say, you know, what, what you get that mindset, you know, gr- you know, for me growing up here, I had so many people that said, it's not about me. And you know, the people around here helped two, you know, little Mexican boys you know, go through school, go through college. You know, we had a whole community around us and, you know, Luke knows. And it's because people said it's not about me and they didn't worry about skin color, ethnicity, where I came from, legal background. They just said, Hey, it's not about me. Let's help these two boys, you know, get to school, get to college, play ball, you know, all that. And I mean, really in, I don't, and really and truly, man, I don't think racism will ever end. It may end on a very large scale, but I do think there will always be racists yeah. around because they're just going to be people who are going to accept what they were been taught. Yeah. They're and, never going to get rid of that. And even and if they, like they're just like in Coleman, there are going to be people who were, were raised there and they lived there their entire lives and they never leave. So that's all they know. Yeah. And, and, and anything outside of that is different, and people don't like what's different, I think. And people really don't. People hate what's different. Yes. Anything different is bad for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is, you know, a lot of people can't accept, can't accept the self-reflection of this different may be better, but I'm comfortable where I'm at. That yeah. So and that's the bad and the crazy people are, are scared to move. Yeah. Everybody's comfortable and they don't are afraid to take steps and move and change. Yeah. I mean, that's some good stuff. Like right? I, I know plenty of people who they're not racist at all, but they may they get along with black people, they're friends with black people, they hang around black people, but they still have negative thoughts about black people. 
Yeah, I know some people like that. Do I care? No, nah, as long as you treat me okay with some respect. I don't care what you think. Yeah. I think the issue is whenever we take those feelings and put action to them, those negative feelings and put action to them, you know, that's you – know, you, there's a variety of ways, whether someone just keeps giving you a mean look, some cop pulls you over and, you know, roughs you up a little bit or – you know, even people with racial slurs. I've been in – I was actually in a situation at Huntington College, man, not not long ago, which it it was my fault, but it wasn't my fault. Uh, so I had got into an argument with somebody from BSC. They, I'm talking about they had just been talking trash, man. They had just walked right past me. So I said something slick to them, and they got real rowdy. <laughs> so I kind of got a little rowdy. And the police officers that was there told me to leave. My car, the, my car was parked directly in front of the gate. Like, all I had to do was walk out the gate, run across the street, and get in the car and leave. But he wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let us, get, none of us, get a, go get in the car and leave. So, me and my girlfriend decided we were going to walk down the street. We're just going to walk. We'll come back and get the car later. We don't live anywhere close, so we're just going to walk down the street, have give the keys to somebody else. They're going to come drive down the street. They're going to pick us up. Well, as we walking down the street, I got angry all over again. I had a cup in my hand. I slammed a cup on the ground. I had, and the whole time, I didn't know this, but the, there was two police officers that were following us, just walking behind us, and I didn't notice at the time. And so they stopped me because I slammed the cup on the ground. And next thing you know, there's a big crowd of people around. There's a hundred security there. And Levanda's telling them to leave me alone and all this stuff. They let me go. I'm fine. And they start running my name for warrants and all this stuff like that. And, I'm, and they don't have any reason to be bothering me. Yeah. The next thing you know, they... They tell me that hey, I'm under arrest. And I'm like, no, I'm not under arrest. I haven't done. I haven't done. I literally haven't done nothing, man. You're not about to take me to jail. So like, and the whole time he had my arm like snatched up like this, and I don't want a problem, so I'm just letting him hold my arm. Look, I'm 240 pounds. He's just sitting there holding my arm like this. I'm swole, man. I could have just, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just letting him hold it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Snap it. And they're like, hey, you're going to jail, and I take my arm, I snatch it away. I'm like, no, I'm not going to jail. And they throw me on the ground, man. Like four of them. By this time, it started with two and ended up with being like seven or eight of them. Yeah. And they throw me on the ground and take me to jail. And I'm like, what in the world did yeah. it just happen? I go to court for the whole incident and nothing. Everybody says everything's okay. Judge says everything's okay. Cop that arrested me came and said everything was okay. At Huntington City Administrator, they said everything was okay. So I'm thinking, like, then what is the whole purpose of this whole ordeal? Yeah. Why? Why? Like, I'm thinking, like, why? Why am I so? I'm so embarrassed that I can't even go back to Huntington. Yeah. I went. To, I've been to one Huntington football game since that incident. I was so embarrassed. And like, and the same cop is always there at the games. I was so embarrassed and so worried about seeing this dude. I didn't go back to no games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. 
They, uh, I mean, I think that you gotta. I mean, that the the leading police officer in that, I. He's got to be able to give reason, I think, you know, and, you know, and, and I, and I think it, it does, it, it comes down to a lot of how you look, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, I agree. And, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's, that's unnecessary, but yeah, I, I will say this about police, man. And yeah, black lives matter has a really good movement. And I'm with it a hundred percent, but more people need to realize it's just not black people they're doing this to, man. They're doing it to people of all colors. Yeah. So there's an issue beyond that. What gets noted is just that black people are getting happen to at a higher rate. Yeah. It's getting, and the people always bring up numbers when it comes to murders and stuff. I mean, police shootings. But we're they're not just talking about the police shootings. We're yeah. talking about all the beatings that people take. You know what I'm saying? And stuff that gets hidden, people getting stopped for no reason and getting thrown in jail for drugs they were planning on them. And yeah. I mean, it's, there's, now, this stuff has been happening for so long. The only reason it's getting brought to light now is because there's video cameras. Exactly, yeah. Because everything's on tape. It don't matter what you do, it's going to be on video, yeah. No matter what, somewhere, somehow. I don't care what you do. It's going to be on video somewhere, somehow. Yeah. So, so man, I don't, it's, I don't know. It's, it's it's just a weird experience, man, being a black man in America. <laughs> I, I mean, for real. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it really is. Yeah. And, we, and like, I, you know, I talk about, I, mean, I talk to black guys. I talk to white guys about this same subject. Yeah. Oh, you know, I ain't scared to talk to nobody. I don't care where you're from. You know, it, it tell me that you really don't like black people, and I will still try to talk to you. I don't care. Yeah. And I'm a and, I, and if I would ask you why, <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like I like those tough conversations, yeah. and I really believe I feel like I can change anybody. I really believe that. Yeah. And that's just my mentality. Like I believe I can change anybody. I'm sure if you don't like black people, I'm gonna show you a black dude that you really do like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, that's but that's just who I've changed into over time. Yeah. And see, I think that you know that I think that's the solution. People don't like Luke said earlier. People don't want to take the time to get to know someone else. They're gonna go and listen to the news. They're going to go and listen to their 96-year-old grandpa who's lived in the same town their whole life. And I think that works both ways, you know. And I know that racism's focused a lot on white people, but I've seen Mexicans be racist towards blacks and whites and vice versa. You know, I've heard black people talk about white people like, you know, and everybody thinks that, you know, they have the right reason. But I think but if you're just hating somebody because of their skin color and something that they didn't control, you know, their their culture, I think that I look at it as just being wrong. And just like you like and but just like we it's brought down through generation to generation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's just I mean, how long has that been going on? There's the exact same problem that we're having now, whether it's 
black people talking about white people, white people talking about black people, Mexican, whatever, disliking yeah. whoever. Those same things have been going on for how long? Yeah. Oh, man, I, I was just listening to a sermon the other day. Um, when it's G- dwindling down. I will say that. When what? The amount, of, the amount of racism that you see now is definitely not what you were seeing 30 years ago. Do what? Hey, time out. Look on the other side of your cabinet right there. Jeez Louise. There's a spider about that big. I don't do spiders. Yeah, I mean. Good night, man. Dead. Yeah, I was listening to a sermon the other day, and it was talking about Jewish people and Samaritans. This is whenever Jesus went to the well, and he was talking to the woman who had multiple husbands, and he told her, hey, if you have, you know, he says, hey, give me a drink of water. You know, she was shocked that a Jewish man was talking to a Samaritan because there's so much animosity between those two cultures that they weren't even supposed to talk to each other, much less Jesus, a Jewish man, talking to the Samaritan woman. But it's like whenever he was talking to her, he just leveled out. You know, he said basically it kind of showed how he didn't care about her ethnicity or that she was a woman. You know, he treated her just with respect and love. And, you know, you know, it even it's the first time on record that Jesus said, you know, I'm the son of God. And he told a woman of a completely different race that his race was supposed to hate. And I, I mean, that's, that's a valuable. That should, that, should be, that should tell you something there. Yeah. yeah. Should tell you, anybody, anybody who is a Christian, anybody who believes in the Bible, believes in God and knows that story should not have hate in their heart. Exactly. How can you? The person you love, you follow, son of Jesus, I mean, the son of God, mm-hmm. does this. Why can't you? Yeah. And that's for people of all colors. You can't be a racist and a Christian. There's no such thing. I mean, it's impossible. <laughs> somehow, every Sunday, there's a gathering of people just like that. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And the thing is, Jesus actually has a reason not to like this woman. Yeah. He knows everything she's ever done. This woman. <laughs> she knows, like, he knows, and she even says, like, she goes back to the village, says, hey, come talk to this man. He's told me everything I've done. And Jesus still showed her love. You know, how can we, as Christians, walk into a place, see someone mm-hmm. who we don't even know and be like, nah, I don't like him. <laughs> you know? I I don't know, man. I I think just like with everything else that's going on with with Christianity and in life now, everybody picks what they want out of the Bible and lives by what they feel like is right. One hundred percent. If you don't like this, if you don't like this part, then then I'm not gonna worry about this part. I'm just gonna worry about the rest of it. Yeah, um, unfortunately, you're right. That happens a lot. And I mean, and. No, there are very you can't. I'm not gonna say nobody, but it's very few people who can really say that. Okay, I have followed the Bible to a T and absolutely everything that it has asked me to do. Oh yeah, very right. You can't because not you don't overeat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every day, like seriously, <laughs> and there, and there's things that are much bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, but on a simple scale, but. 
Well, you know, it, it says in the, you know, everybody's broken at least one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Uh, I think I've broken all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm 10 for 10. <laughs> so, hey, but. I would, you know, but, and I was ta- having a conversation with a guy just a couple of days ago, just asking a random white guy, and I was buying a vehicle. It's my son. <laughs> and I was buying, actually buying a vehicle from him, and we just got on the subject of race, and we were just, we were just talking about, you know, just race and the things that were going on and stuff. And he was like, "Man, I'm telling you, I, you can really tell the good Lord is about to come back, and if he's not, I'm real scared." I was like, "I agree with you there, brother." Yeah. And seriously, I yeah. mean, like, I don't know. It, it's it's so obvious that the things that we have learned in the Bible are happening now. All the things that are discussed in the Bible that we've all been taught since we were kids, they're happening and unfolding before our eyes. Yeah, I think that's what our preacher preached on this past Sunday, was that, you know, uh, during these hard times, you know, he it, it's real easy to be negative and be down about everything. But, I mean, there's something you can be happy about is, we're about to get to meet our maker. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> so, um, so, you know, trying to find positives in every situation. But, so, hey, anything else you want to add? Or you want to talk? I, I know we probably got about 45 minutes or all close to an hour of stuff. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, we, but we, we can talk about anything else. Um, anything you want to go at, man? Well, what kind of, what kind of, uh, mindset do you have when you're raising two young mixed kids? I know one's on the way and one sounds like an infant, but I mean, I'm sure there's some things that you already think about and, you know, and I've, and I've heard several other speakers talk about how, you know, whenever they're raising their kids, they have to raise them differently Yeah. than, than what Luke is going to have to raise his kids somehow explain to my sons, like I said earlier, like you can't behave the way your cousin can. And he's going to say, why? Then I got to explain to him that it's because because of the color of his skin. And try to explain that because a kid is going to ask that at four or five years old. Yeah. And how tough is that going to be? I'm still learning myself. How to how to deal with this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I'm 27. I feel old. My body feels old, but I'm really <laughs> still young. You know, I really haven't experienced a whole lot in life. Right. And my son slipped and fell. So it's funny, but I haven't experienced a whole lot in life yet. Yeah. And now I have to teach two boys how to deal with something that I don't know how to deal with. You know, and the subject of just not just police officers, but how do you deal with family? How do you deal with family members that are going to mistreat you because you're not the same color as them? Yeah, hmm. that's going to happen. Oh yeah, people that you you're only a child. All you know is that's my my aunt, my cousin, my uncle, my yada yada, my whatever. But. Why does uncle such and such treat me this way? Why does aunt such and such treat me this way? Well, son, because of the color of your skin. What's wrong with my skin? Mm-hmm. 
and, I, and I think a, a good teaching point, you know, that I don't think is taught in our school system or anything like that. And, and, but is, is, ex, you know, explaining to, to people, you know, you can't, you can't change or control what you can control. So, you know, you didn't get to pick what skin color you were, you know, you didn't get to pick, uh, what house you grew up in and, and, and things like that. Uh, but, but what you can choose is, is, is how you treat people and how you, um, look at other people. Um, I, I think you can control that as a, as a human being. Um, yeah. and now sometimes it may take, you know, that, that's one of the things about kids is they, they have the innocent minds and they, and they always speak the truth, <laughs> you know, that you, you can't ever, uh, so if you ever wonder about something, just ask a kid because they're going to tell you exactly well, you know what they think. And I, I think um, when they, but as you as you grow older, you get to make those decisions of how you're going to do things as a person. Heath, was there a time I know for me, like I I grew up knowing that I was Mexican, but I, it was about the fifth and sixth grade where I realized that that was different. So was there a time in your life when you said, when you figured out that, you know, being black made you different in someone else's eyes? Um, nah, man, I, the, not at an early age. At a, I mean, for real, it was in like about eighth grade for me. When I was, I really realized like, hey, that being black is really, really, really different. Yeah. You know, and some people say it was like eight, nine years old, but it wasn't that early for me because I had I've been around white people so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been, I, I was never paid attention to, you know, my elementary school, people weren't saying stuff like that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. so when I got to my, like in high school for me it was seven through 12th grade at my high school. So when I got into eighth grade, I really had an, I had an incident with a, a student I mean, I, first, I really realized that me being black was really different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like, me being black was really diff- bad in a negative way. Yeah. Like, being black could get you treated different. Being black could get you, get the ha- situation handled different. Right, right. Yeah, and, and I was just wondering, because, you know, for me, it was in the, you know, it was around fifth or sixth grade when, you know, you kind of started trying to date, you know, and oh, man. some girl told me, she's like, I'm allergic to chocolate. And I was like, oh, that's okay. I just won't buy you chocolate. And then, you know, she just kind of didn't say anything and just kind of looked around and walked off. And then I thought, oh, I'm the chocolate. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> See, listen to me, man. Well, she actually said my parents said that you know I'm I'm not supposed to have chocolate. I'm allergic. <laughs> I've like, never I heard that one before. And I was like, you know, that was I, the first for me. And she just kind of you know looked looked around, kind of funny, and just walked off. And I think I was at PE later, and uh, you know just sitting there, kind of bummed out. And I'm like, oh man, I'm the chocolate. <laughs> it kind of clicked for you. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, man, I, and I had I've had situations like that growing up too, man. Because like in my town, like just like I said, it's black, white, whatever. So like I had situations where there was a time and that, and I dated a Mexican girl, a time I dated a white girl, a time I dated a black girl. 
the Renaissance man, just all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) But dating a white girl in my hometown is, I mean, there was there was an incident where a a parent tried to bribe a child to not date a black guy. Mm. It was that serious. Like a teacher would call your parents if they saw you with a black dude at school. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But there was a select few of us that was just gonna take the risk anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he had to get out, out the, the old pro con sheet and see, nope. <laughs> yeah. is it worth the risk? She's pretty. She said she liked me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, He's funny. sitting there like this, ready to risk it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like my dad, my dad, like my mom and my dad had got divorced when I was young. So, and my dad's wife was a white woman. So to me, that was like, what well, you know, it's just whatever. That's, it's just another person, yeah. you know, to me. So black, white didn't really matter. Yeah. But man, Luke was telling me something the other day. I think we were t- texting or talking on the phone, but he said that in Montgomery, it might be the whole state of Alabama, private schools were set up during um, schools, when schools were integrated. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And now you're a coach at one, right? A private school. Yeah. How does that feel? And don't bother me one bit. Black <laughs> There's black I mean, players on. I, 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 I'm not saying that it should bother you or anything like that, but is that not kind of do you get proud? I mean, when you when you think when you think about it, like you're like that's kind of crazy, you know, like that is could happen, and you see the change that could happen. Yeah. But as the coach, I'm just yeah, whatever. <clears throat> We're playing football, baby. Let's get it. Don't care. What <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, you can sit and think about it. You're like, wow, that's a big change of what could happen from then to now, because I'm not supposed to be here according to some people. Yeah. You know, and we have we have a team full of black and white players. Wow. You know, and they all get along like brothers, just like a team normally would. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the, the change is big. And it, it keeps needs to keep happening. And not just, not just private schools, but in public schools, like Montgomery Public Schools. Yeah. Same thing needs to happen there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot, the same way a lot of white kids grow up uh, believing like black people are bad. A lot of black people grow up thinking that, all right, white people are going to treat you bad, so you need to be bad to them. Yeah. Or give them some kind of attitude or not treat them the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not saying like black people are going to be like, oh, I don't like them because they're white, because there are some black people that are like that. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I'm just well, what, are you, uh, what are you telling, you know? You said you have a team full of white kids, black kids, and right now you're basically, you know, you're you're possibly a father figure to some. I mean, I think you are your father figure to some. What what are you telling these guys about what's going on? What kind of motivation? What kind of encouragement? Or maybe what kind of advice are you giving these guys about current conditions? And you know what what can they learn from it? What can we? Uh, we really, I mean, I really haven't talked with them about it, man. I kind of try to keep that away from them because, you know, and, you know, they're still tender-minded, man, at 16, 17 years old, man. Yeah. So, like, you know, at most I tell them they need to be careful. Watch the surroundings. That's about all, man. I just don't – I really don't like to get in that conversation <laughs> with those kids because they are young. So, all, at most, what can I tell them other than, hey, be safe, be careful. Yeah.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this edition of the Luke Bailey Podcast. Hope you learned something and we'll see you next time.